Amen. Can I give an instruction? Every meeting that is going to be had in this church, whether it's choir rehearsal, whether it be impact meeting, whether it be children's meeting, whether it be two or three gathered women's meeting, uh, whatever it is, at least two minutes, three minutes, pray for the increase of the church before you start. Is that a good instruction? It doesn't matter what meeting. you can, Whatever committee meeting you are having, to maybe a bread and tea committee meeting, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. Spend at least two, three, five minutes praying for the increase of the church before you start. You meet in a house to have a chat, to have a lunch. Pray for the increase. Five minutes, two minutes before you start eating. The girls sleep over. Pray for the church before you do anything else. Is that a good, good instruction? We are going to pray this prayer the whole year. Amen. Amen. Because some people are praying. And their prayer is not positive. Are you getting it? Some people are praying and their prayer is not positive. I know what I'm, what I'm saying to you. And I know what I've seen. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to preach a message today that I have preached before, but it's an instruction from God to preach it again. So I'm going to preach it again. Amen. And I'm preaching it again because of what I believe the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 1 to 4. Single barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not, lengthen your cord. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand. Somebody say, for you shall expand. Or say it like you mean. Say, for I shall expand. Say it like you mean. For I shall expand. To the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate city inhabited. Do not fear. For you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. For you will not be forgot. You will not be ashamed. You, for you forget the shame of your youth. And you will remember the reproach of your widowhood. No more. Anymore. Amen. Preparing for the increase. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If... Overnight, you became the Prime Minister of England. What do you think will happen to you and to England? Sorry? 
let, let me add it here. Hmm? You don't know. But okay, knowing you, what do you think will happen? Sorry? I didn't hear you. saying something. Okay, let me flip it. Assuming that you go home, then all of a sudden, Sunday morning you come, and the Spirit of the Lord just commands that you, Abigail, from today, be the pastor, the senior pastor of CICC. What do you think will happen to you, first of all? And then secondly, to the church. For uh, The question goes to everybody. I just picked on Abigail because she was thinking aloud. I could hear her thinking. That's why I called her. The problem we have as people of God, as individuals, is that we don't prepare for God's blessings. We pray for blessings. But you see, the measure of our faith and our own beliefs, even in ourselves, and in our what we can and cannot do, limits the blessings we are expecting. Am I making sense? So, oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, bless me. What type of blessing are we talking about? What type of blessing have you prepared for? So, you see, as soon as I extended it past your little control, immediately you started seeing yourself as minority. You started seeing yourself as inadequate. You started seeing yourself as what you cannot do. You started seeing yourself as what... My, people might think and people may say, instead of what I will do. And that is because you don't believe in your own self. Hello? You know, we can have faith in everybody but ourselves. It's easy to have faith in somebody. It's easy to believe that somebody can do it. It's easy to think that somebody is something. But when it comes to you, yourself, you know yourself more than anybody knows you. How do you know that you know, you know yourself? And if we are voting, you won't vote for you. Hello? Is it me alone? If we are to vote for a pastor in this church, I doubt whether I'll vote for myself. Amen. How wide you, your, you extend your faith is how much God fears it. Are you with me? How wide you extend your faith is how much God 
fills it. That is why he's saying that sink, O barrel woman. How many know that a barren woman has been barren for long? That's why she's a barren woman. Because if you are around 20-something, 30-something, you are not barren. You haven't tried it for long. But when you are in your 50s, in your 60s, and all these years, you haven't had any child, then you are indeed barren. Are you with me? And this is what he's saying to the barren woman. Sing, O barren woman. Sing because what, what do you do when you sing? What will make you sing? You sing when you're happy, isn't it? You don't sing when you are sad. Sing, O barren. Means happy yourself, barren woman. Break forth into singing. You know, if you just walked into a place and then all of a sudden they give you a check for one million, you break out into something. I think you break out into singing. And you will cry aloud, you will dance, you will shout, you will do something out of the ordinary. Are you with me? Because of the, enorm- uh, the enormous nature of the blessing that you ain't expecting, which you have just suddenly received, you break out into singing. You break out into a song, a dance. You will do something that you don't normally do. You'll be praising God. You will cry aloud. Isn't it? You cry aloud. Because of the blessing. But how many know that for you to receive the blessing, you must prepare yourself for the blessing before it comes? (laughs) Are you getting it? Enlarge. So it says that the blessing is coming. But here's what you need to do. Enlarge the place of your tent. We all have tents. I said we all have tents. Point to your tent. Everybody point to your tent. You don't know where your tent is. Your tent is between your ears. Your tent The brain. Enlarge it. Do you know the greatest prison anybody can put you in is the prison of your mind. Are you, are you getting it? So there are some people, they've been told from the dead way, very small, that you are not nice. You are not nice. You are not beautiful. You are not beautiful. Nobody will marry you. Nobody will like you. Nobody will like you. And they have grown with that tent in their mind, in their lives. So if Prince Charming, some very extraordinarily handsome man, extraordinarily blessed, gifted, prosperous man comes and says that, oh, you are the most beautiful person I've seen in my life. I want to marry immediately. What do you want? It can't be. 
It could not be. Me. No. Because you have not strengthened and enlarged your tent. So you see, when let's assume the man convinces you and marries you. As soon as they bring you to the palace, now you are Mrs. Prinkinson. When you, you, you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at the place you are living, I don't fit here. So immediately you become insecure. So when a man is on the phone, who is he talking to? Who is coming to replace me? You, you see a maid servant passing, hey, are they replacing me? Are they coming for me? Why? Because you haven't strengthened your stake. Your stake is not solid. It's, it's not on, it, the pillar is not grounded in, grounded well. Anybody who leans on it, it will break. Because you haven't strengthened the stake. Because one, you're not prepared for that place. Two, you ain't expecting it. Are you getting it? You never thought it could happen to you. Our problem as individuals is our thinking. Our problem as a church is our thinking. You know, we are not expecting a sudden increase. Do you know that? As a church, we are not expecting a sudden increase. We pray for a sudden increase, but we really are not expecting it. Because we haven't prepared for it. We pray for an enlargement all over the place. But the truth of the matter is, we haven't really started preparing for it. That's why I asked the question. In case Abigail, you are supposed to, be, in case one day we come, Abigail from today, pastor the church. Immediately, the church will not be like the same church. How, how many can see that? I'm not talking about Abigail, I'm talking about you. If they put you suddenly in charge, you see that the, 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 the niceness of a church will change. Because you, you may end up shouting at people. Hey, hey. You see, if you put if you see anybody in any position that they have not been prepared for and they have not been trained for, you see them very, very agitated and easily provoked, and you know, you see them hey, 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 always angry, always shouting. That person is not really cut for that position. The position is bigger than them. Today, I want to prepare you for the blessings of God. As a church, I want to prepare us for the blessings of God that God is bringing. And the first way we need to we need is our tent to be strengthened, to enlarge, to be enlarged. Yes, you are leading praise and worship. That's all you've done up to now. But see yourself as the pastor of the church. Not for arrogance. Are you with me? Not for backsliding, no, but so that in case it, the blessing comes, you are ready. Are, are you getting it? Because see, when promotion comes, every part of the body goes up. Do you know that? If I stand on the chair, 
it's not only the head that has gone up. The legs have gone up. The shoulder has gone up. The eyes everywhere. Everything has gone up. So if the increase comes, you have to go up. If you are the shoulder, you have to go higher. Have you seen yourself higher? Or would you keep at that same level, thereby pulling the head back down? I wish I had somebody to stand on the chair and then somebody else to push, try and pull them down and see what will happen. They will come crashing down. Why? Because those at the bottom are not ready for the increase. The head may be ready for the increase. The shoulders may be ready for the increase. But when they, from the waist down, they are not ready, they pull everybody down. Hallelujah. And that is what happens in a lot of churches. Oh, Lord, bless us. Oh, Lord, increase us. Oh, Lord, bless us. Oh, Lord, increase us. And then God starts bringing the increase. We don't know what to do with it. Then we start misbehaving. We start doing, I don't like you. I don't know this person. I don't like them. I only like Sarah because I know Sarah. I only like this person because I know Who are these new people who have come? They're always in our space. Always trying. When we're trying to have our little meeting, they don't come in. Who are these Go away. Or when you see them, you go quiet. I don't, I don't feel comfortable around strange people. You know, we, we like our space. We like the people we are used to. What you don't realize is that you are pulling the church down. Because you pray for the increase, but you are not prepared. Your mind was not enlarged enough. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? You know, one day, one day, I was pastoring a church one day, and then another church was somewhere, and then they just closed that church down and moved that whole church into my church. Are you getting it? So, like, from one day, my church was this size. The next day, it was like that size. I saw a similar thing happen in a vision recently. And that worried me. Because back then, I had an army prepared and ready, waiting. Are you getting it? When I say an army, I had a group of people who had been trained and they were ready. So there was not one person missing. You know when you bring somebody, a group from somewhere to come and add, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people will fall away. But people had been trained. Their minds, they were expecting 1,000 people in the church. That's the song we used to sing. 1,000, 1,000. So the group of, I don't know how many people they were, but they coming to add was just a, a little flash in the ocean of our expectation. Am I making sense? So it did not disturb what we're doing. But I, the same vision I had, I was like, immediately I got worried. Then I started to think. What's going to happen to this person? What's going to happen to this group? What's going to happen to this group? Because I, I felt that we are not prepared. 
are you getting? I felt we're not prepared. And I heard the Lord saying that I am bringing the increase. You can either get the increase going or repel the increase. Do you know the story in the first Kings, Second uh, Kings four, the woman whose uh, husband had died and had uh, what do you call it debts and went to Elijah. Do you remember that story? And Elijah said to, to the woman that, what do you have in your house? She said, I have a little jar of oil. Then Elijah said that, go and borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow many vessels. How many know that that um, time, the increase hadn't come? The oil hadn't started increasing. I mean, if you have this oil, all you have is this amount of oil, nothing but a little jar of oil. And you go to the man of God, and he says, go and borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow many. How many will borrow a thousand Thousand barrels and thousand jars, or you go for bottles like this. You see, we read the Bible, but sometimes we don't visualize the Bible to see exactly what it is. Most of us, our expectation, we cannot see how this can fill 1,000 barrels of oil from this. We can't see it. So we'll bring, bring, bring that one. We'll bring this one. Bring that one. We'll bring that one. We'll gather things like this. <laughs> they look very feasible that something can happen, you know. But assuming you were owing or your, your husband was owing uh, maybe 200,000 pounds worth of debt. And you are bringing this. What can this do? Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes, you see, we Christians, we say we have faith, but the truth is we don't really have faith. We don't have faith. Because our faith is so small. I can bet you, I can bet you, if you drive through the churches, in this city, majority of them, their room is this big. Hello? How I, I many know what I'm talking about? Like the prayer room. Majority of the churches, like the prayer room. No, they are praying, God increase us. God increase us. What is the size of the prayer room compared to the size of the city? you see 20 chairs 30 chairs maximum 40 chairs increase us increase us that's our faith that's where it ends it's like gathering this and Lord Phil the day 25 people will come to the service it looks very full immediately you begin to feel that the Lord has 
You know, the other day I was listening to the radio and a, a, a team was going to play, another team. And the commentator said, they, that team has the least crowd of football supporters. They are only 5,560. And immediately, <laughs> I, you know, what you do, I transposed it into my church. And I, if God to give us 5,560 people, where are we going to put them? Where are we going to put them? I kid you not. I don't think there's any church in Leeds that has more than 800 to 1,000 people on a Sunday sitting. There's no church like that in this city. Is it that God is not God over this city? Is it that we don't have men of God in this city? No. The problem is our, our tent is too small. So according to your tent, that is what God gives you. Our visions are very small. So when God blesses you and you get like 100 people, you now feel that you have arrived. You are, if you look around the other churches, it's like, hey, we are the, the biggest around. We are, you are a man of God. What is 100 people over the entire the population of Leeds is roughly a million and a, a 1.2 million people. Roughly 1.2 million people. We don't even have a tent. If you put all the churches together, not even a tent. All the churches put together don't have a tent. Because we are very, very small in our thinking. Very small. Our expectations are very, very small. We don't expect more than anything. That's why I, I am, I'm preaching this message. I think I've preached it before. I'm preaching it again. That You see, the greatest prison you have is your mind. Your mind is stronger than faith. Today I'm preaching to your mind. Your mind is smaller than faith. Because after you've had all the faith and you've prayed all the prayer, it comes within the context of your mindset. If your mindset is small, so you see, God has blessed the jar of oil. The man of God has prayed over it. He's ready to pour. And the jar will not fail, will not finish until each vessel in the room is finished. So if we bring two jars, 
plus this one. Two jars plus this. What's going to happen? This will be filled. And what's going to happen? It will stop. That is why the man of God said, I borrow not a few. Because it has to do with your thinking. It has to do with your mindset. See, most of us, we are wired into austerity. Now, let me preach against your thinking. Do you know that majority of us were brought up into thinking poor? Are you with me? We're brought up into thinking poor. That's why we have a user mentality rather than a builder mentality. We use everything because if you don't use it, it will be finished or somebody will come and collect it. So we get more, use it more. You're not thinking of building something for others to come and buy because we are not wired that way. But how many know that everybody has something that is unique to them? Everyone in this room, God has given you something that only you have. Nobody can copy your fingerprint. Nobody. Even if you are twins, nobody can copy the fingerprint. You are unique. You have something that nobody else has. But our minds, the way we're brought up, you know, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's the parents and the grand, great-grandparents and the grandparents and the culture and everything has made us think small within a confined space. But I am praying that by the word of God, our mindset will break. We'll break the fallow ground. We'll break and enlarge our coast. You see, Jabez prayed that prayer and said, Lord, enlarge my coast. Enlarge my tent. Because my mother gave me a name, Jabez, which means pain and suffering. And I've always been small in my mind. I've always been thinking small. I've always done things small. So now, if I have to do something, if I have to be a blessing, then I need my coast enlarged. I need my coach enlarging. My cost has to be enlarging. My mindset has to be enlarging. Yeah. You know, I, I, was, just, I was just showing Pastor Sam, and I think Beulah, um, a church. They are live weekday service. If it's not a service, it's, uh, they are doing fasting, fasting, 14-day uh, uh, fast, and they are meeting every day. And not less than 7,000 people are gathered there. And it's just a prayer meeting. It's not a church service. It's like, I don't know whether you thought that way or, or you thought that. I don't know who, but you, it's, like, it's like, can this happen? Because our minds have not been but do you know how many thousands of people are just sitting there doing nothing? Do you know that if uh, Leeds was playing a football match, give me the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the most unserious 
match. Beats and bands they are playing, maybe a curling cap or something cap that is really not. You will see that the whole place will be full. Over 23,000 people will gather. How can we not gather the same amount of people on that same night for God? It is not the fault of God. It's the fault of those who represent God. Our minds are so small. Our thinking is so small. We think we are irrelevant. You know, Numbers 33. Put Numbers 33 on. My time is up. I'm, I'm closing. Now, Numbers 13. So 13 verse 33. Numbers 13. That's when uh, Moses sent the guys to go and spy the land. Minus, uh, Numbers 13 verse 33. He says that there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So were we in their sight. So in, we saw ourselves like grasshoppers. And guess what? They also saw us as grasshoppers. In Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You think small, you are small. Amen. How many have come to church? As you're on your way from the house to church, you are like, today, if I don't go early, by the time I come, there won't be any chair to sit on. I'll stand outside. How many have ever thought that way before? Exactly. That's my point. I think I've finished my message. I can sit down. I think I've finished preaching. What do you think? None of us coming to church think that, hey, today I won't have a chair to sit on. Our expectations are so small. Our thinking is so small. We say we believe in God. But you see, your belief and your faith passes through your tent, which is between your ears. And your tent is what makes the results what it is. You see, if this lady had, had gone out to borrow big barrels, Big tanks, thousands of them. Guess what? All of them will be filled. If this lady had borrowed these vessels, they will be filled. Does that make God a liar? Does that make the man of God with what he said a lie? That's all you brought. So that's all that was filled. So the advice the man of God gave us, don't borrow a few, borrow many. But guess what? That advice is also subject to our thinking. What is many in your eyes? Many can be many bottles. Get 15 more of this. It's many. 
I, I, I see, I'm saying, I'm preaching a very, very powerful and very important message. See, from today, when you are praying, remember this picture. I don't care what it is you are praying about, but remember this picture. Because whatever God is going to bring, it will pass through your thinking. So what's in, in your tent? Don't forget this verse. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. You who did not give birth, break forth into singing. For many shall be the children of the barren than the married wife. Then he said, enlarge your place of tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Don't spare. Don't bring these small, small things. Don't bring these small, small things. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Hallelujah. Can you see yourself pastoring thousand people? Can you see yourself leading a choir of 400 people? Carol Sambala in, um, uh, what's the name of the church? Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir leads a choir of 200 people. Is it 200 or 400 people? That's the choir alone, 400 people. She's a choir director of 400 people. You get 14 people there, you become arrogant. <laughs> Immediately, nobody can talk to you anymore because it's far beyond your expectation. It's like, hey, my, ch- my choir is now very full. The choir is 30 people. Hey, nobody can talk to you anymore. See how small. not have 40, 50 man choir. Why not? And it's all in our thinking. See, I can tell you we can be here for 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, and the choir will not grow more than 20 people. Not because God doesn't want to give us a big choir, but because we don't want any more than 20. I remember the first time we went to a church, uh, we went to start a church in, I think it was um, Birmingham. There was a church that we, was, we were in a school. And there was a church that used to meet three classroom doors away from where we, meet, we were meeting. That church had been there for 18 years. More than, how many were they? Yeah. There are about five or six. The man, his wife, and I think either the mother. I kid you not. They had been there for 18 years. Yes. In Birmingham. Then they always, every Sunday, they are there. Not more than five or six of, of them. Every Sunday, they are coming. Every Sunday. Then they start to make certain uh, 
confession is not quantity, it's quality. If all of us, <laughs> God is looking at the heart. Only pure people who come to this church because we are, look at somebody talking. <laughs> yeah. Is it that God is, doesn't answer their prayer? No, but they themselves, they don't have any bigger expectation than what they have. Are, are you getting it? They don't have any. You know, from today, expect. And you see, when you expect, the way you walk is different. An expectant mother doesn't walk like a mother who is not expecting. Are you with me? Expecting mother has a way of walking. Because they are expecting. They don't do certain things. They don't run around. They slow down. They do different things. They do things differently. Why? Because they are expecting. We have to start doing things differently because we are expecting. Hallelujah. I am believing God to have 13 choirs in this church. 13 different choirs. What does it mean? You will be leading a choir one of these days. <gasps> Me? Immediately, you see, your, your, your mind is just... Killing the, killing the vision, killing the vision, killing the vision, killing the vision. Oh, let's go and pray for 13 choirs. Let's go and pray for them, but your mind is closed. Yeah. I don't see why we can't have 400 people singing. Do you think this church is stopping in this, in this room, this house? No, 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 no. It's not stopping here. Here is going to be a branch. Are you getting it? Just remember what I'm saying. It's going to be a branch. <gasps> see? <laughs> you see your thinking. <gasps> if we give this church to another church, they will say, the Lord has descended. The victory of the cathedral has come. No. No. I said no. It's not for us. It's not for us. Amen. My mind doesn't stop here. In, in, let's close with Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. My strength is not of my own. It's the, the strength of Christ in me. Yeah. You know, one day, my pastor called me, and he said something. I don't know whether it was a question, it was, it was a test or, or not, but he said that, he called, there were two of us. He said to me, you, can you pastor this church? The church he was pointing to at the time was sitting up by a thousand. You, can you pastor this church? Then the guy said, no. Then he asked me, you, can you pastor this? I said, yes, I can pastor the church. Are you sure you can pastor? I said, yes. He didn't say anything. 
then we drove off. We were driving a car, and he asked me a question. Can you pastor this church? I said, yes. He, the other guy said, no. You know, as, as I was just preaching now, I just remembered that question that the pastor asked me. Can you pastor this church? Do you see yourself pastoring 5,000, 6,000 people? Can you do that? Do you see yourself leading a certain number of people? Antiagi, do you see yourself being the leader of the movement of the adult women, women over 60 years? There are 500 of them. You are their pastor. Hey, me, I'm tired. I'm no, you are not tired. God will energize you to do it. I'm trying to get your, you to expand the thing that between your ears. Let it go higher. Let it go bigger. Let it go bigger. Rise to your feet. Let's go home. Begin. Amen. Can I give an instruction? Every meeting that is going to be had in this church, whether it's choir rehearsal, whether it be impact meeting, whether it be children's meeting, whether it be two or three gathered women's meeting, uh, whatever it is, at least two minutes, three minutes, pray for the increase of the church before you start. Is that a good instruction? It doesn't matter what meeting. You can, whatever committee meeting you are having, to maybe a bread and tea committee meeting, whatever it is. I don't care what it is. Spend at least two, three, five minutes praying for the increase of the church before you start. You meet in a house to have a chat, to have a lunch. Pray for the increase. Five minutes, two minutes before you start eating. The girls sleep over. Pray for the church before you do anything else. Is that a good, good instruction? We are going to pray this prayer the whole year. Amen. Amen. Because some people are praying. And their prayer is not positive. Are you getting it? Some people are praying and their prayer is not positive. I know what I'm, what I'm saying to you. And I know what I've seen. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to preach a message today that I have preached before, but it's an instruction from God to preach it again. So I'm going to preach it again. Amen. And I'm preaching it again because of what I believe the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. There's one to four. Single barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not, lengthen your cord. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand. Somebody say, for you shall expand. 
Or say it like you mean. Say, for I shall expand. Say it like you mean it, for I shall expand. To the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate city inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will not be forgot. You will not be ashamed. You for you forget the shame of your youth, and you will remember the reproach of your widowhood. No more anymore. Amen. Preparing for the increase. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If overnight you became the prime minister of England, what do you think will happen to you and to England? Sorry. Let, let me add it up. You don't know. But okay, knowing you, what do you think will happen? Sorry? I didn't hear you. Mm -hmm. Can you see? I'm saying something. Okay, let me flip it. Assuming that you go home, then all of a sudden, Sunday morning you come and the Spirit of the Lord just commands that you, Abigail, from today, be the pastor, the senior pastor of CICC. What do you think will happen to you, first of all, and then secondly, to the church? For, uh, the question goes to everybody. I just picked on Abigail because she was thinking aloud. I could hear her thinking. That's why I called her. The problem we have as people of God, as individuals, is that we don't prepare for God's blessings. We pray for blessings. But you see, the measure of our faith and our own beliefs, even in ourselves and in our what we can and cannot do limits the blessings we are expecting. Am I making sense? So, oh Lord, bless me. Oh Lord, bless me. What type of blessing are we talking about? What type of blessing have you prepared for? So you see, as soon as I extended it past your little control, immediately you started seeing yourself as minority. You started seeing yourself as inadequate. You started seeing yourself as what you cannot do. You started seeing yourself as what my people might think and people may say. Instead of what I would do. And that is because 
You don't believe in your own self. Hello. You know, we can have faith in everybody but ourselves. It's easy to have faith in somebody. It's easy to believe that somebody can do it. It's easy to think that somebody is something. But when it comes to you, yourself, you know yourself more than anybody knows you. How do you know that you know, you know yourself? And if we are voting, you won't vote for you. Hello? Is it me alone? If we are to vote for a pastor in this church, I doubt whether I will vote for myself. Amen. How wide you, your, you extend your faith is how much God fears it. Are you with me? How wide you extend your faith is how much God fills it. That is why he's saying that sink, O barren woman. How many know that a barren woman has been barren for long? That's why she's a barren woman. Because if you are around 20-something, 30-something, you are not barren. You haven't tried it for long. But when you are in your 50s, in your 60s, and all these years, you haven't had any child, then you are indeed barren. Are you with me? And this is what he's saying to the barren woman. Sing, oh barren woman. Sing because what, what do you do when you sing? What will make you sing? You sing when you're happy, isn't it? You don't sing when you are sad. Sing or barren. Means happy yourself, barren woman. Break forth into singing. You know, if you just walked into a place and then all of a sudden they give you a check for one million. You break out into something. I think you break out into singing. And you cry aloud. You dance. You shout. You do something out of the ordinary. Are you with me? Because of the, enorm uh, the enormous nature of the blessing that you ain't expecting, which you have just suddenly received. You break out into singing. You break out into a song, a dance. You do something that you don't normally do. You'll be praising God. You'll cry aloud. Isn't it? You cry aloud. Because of the blessing. But how many know that for you to receive the blessing, you must prepare yourself for the blessing before it comes? <laughs> Are you getting it? Enlarge. So it says that the blessing is coming. But here's what you need to do. Enlarge the place of your tent. We all have tents. I said we all have tents. Point to your tent. Everybody point to your tent. 
you don't know where your tent is. Your tent is between your ears. Your tent. The brain. Enlarge it. Do you know the greatest prison anybody can put you in is the prison of your mind. Are you, are you getting it? So there are some people, they've been told from the day they were very small that you are not nice. You are not nice. You are not beautiful. You are not beautiful. Nobody will marry you. Nobody will like you. Nobody will like you. And they have grown with that tent in their mind, in their lives. So if the Prince Charming, some very extraordinarily handsome man, extraordinarily blessed, gifted, prosperous man comes and says that, oh, you are the most beautiful person I've seen in my life. I want to marry you. Immediately, mm, what do you want? It can't be. It could not be. Me? No. Because you have not strengthened and enlarged your tent. So you see, when let's assume the man convinces you and marries you, as soon as they bring you to the palace, now you are Mrs. Prinkinson. When you, you, you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at the place you are living, I don't fit here. So immediately you become insecure. So when a man is on the phone, who is he talking to? Who is coming to replace me? You, you see a maid servant passing. Hey, are they replacing me? Are they coming for me? Why? Because you haven't strengthened your stake. Your stake is not solid. It's, it's not on, it, the pillar is not grounded in, grounded well. Anybody who leans on it, it will break. Because you haven't strengthened the stake. Because one, you're not prepared for that place. Two, you ain't expecting it. Are you getting it? You never thought it could happen to you. Our problem as individuals is our thinking. Our problem as a church is our thinking. You know, we are not expecting a sudden increase. Do you know that? As a church, we are not expecting a sudden increase. We pray for a sudden increase, but we really are not expecting it. Because we haven't prepared for it. We pray for an enlargement all over the place. But the truth of the matter is, we haven't really started preparing for it. That's why I asked the question. In case Abigail, you are supposed to be, in case one day we come, Abigail from today, pastor the church. Immediately, the church will not be like the same church. How, how many can see that? I'm not talking about Abigail, I'm talking about you. If they put you suddenly in charge, you said that the the, the, the niceness of a church will change. Because you, you may end up shouting at people. Hey, hey. You see, if you put, if you see anybody in any position, 
that they have not been prepared for and they have not been trained for. You see them very, very agitated and easily provoked and, you know, you see them always angry, always shouting. That person is not really cut for that position. The position is bigger than them. Today, I want to prepare you for the blessings of God. As a church, I want to prepare us for the blessings of God that God is bringing. And the first way we need to, we need is our tent to be strengthened, to enlarge, to be enlarged. Yes, you are leading praise and worship. That's all you've done up to now. But see yourself as the pastor of the church. Not for arrogance. Are you with me? Not for backsliding. No, but so that in case it, the blessing comes, you are ready. Are, are you getting it? Because see, when promotion comes, every part of the body goes up. Do you know that? If I stand on the chair, it's not only the head that has gone up. The legs have gone up. The shoulder has gone up. The eyes everywhere. Everything has gone up. So if the increase comes, you have to go up. If you are the shoulder, you have to go higher. Have you seen yourself higher? Or would you keep at that same level, thereby pulling the head back down? I wish I had somebody to stand on the chair and then somebody else to try and pull them down and see what will happen. They will come crashing down. Why? Because those at the bottom are not ready for the increase. The head may be ready for the increase. The shoulders may be ready for the increase. But when they, from the waist down, they are not ready, they pull everybody down. Hallelujah. And that is what happens in a lot of churches. Oh, Lord, bless us. Oh, Lord, increase us. Oh, Lord, bless us. Oh, Lord, increase us. And then God starts bringing the increase. We don't know what to do with it. Then we start misbehaving. We start doing, I don't like you. I don't know this person. I don't like them. I only like Sarah because I know Sarah. I only like this person because I know. So who are these new people who have come? They're always in our space, always trying. When we're trying to have our little meeting, they don't come in. What is? Go away. Or when you see them, you go quiet. I don't, I don't feel comfortable around strange people. You know, we, we like our space. We like the people we are used to. What you don't realize is that you are pulling the church down. Because you prayed for the increase, but you are not prepared. Your mind was not enlarged enough. Hallelujah. I, am I talking to somebody? You know, one day, one day, I was pastoring a church one day, and then another church was somewhere, and then they just closed that church down and moved that whole church into my church. Are you getting it? So, like, from one day, my church was this size. The next day, it was like that size. I saw a similar thing happen in a vision recently. And that worried me. Because back then, 
I had an army prepared and ready, waiting. Are you getting it? When I say an army, I had a group of people who had been trained and they were ready. So there was not one person missing. You know when you bring somebody, a group from somewhere to come and add, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people will fall away. But people had been trained. Their minds, they were expecting 1,000 people in the church. That's the song we used to sing. 1,000, 1,000. So the group of, I don't know how many people they were, but they coming to add was just a, a little flash in the ocean of our expectation. Am I making sense? So it did not disturb what we're doing. But I, the same vision I had, I was like, immediately I got worried. Then I started to think, what's going to happen to this person? What's going to happen to this group? What's going to happen to this group? Because I, I felt that we are not prepared. Are uh, you getting I felt we are not prepared. I heard the Lord saying that I am bringing the increase. You can either get the increase going or repel the increase. Do you know the story in the first Kings, Second uh, Kings 4? The woman whose uh, husband had died and had, uh, what do you call it, debts and went to Elijah. Do you remember that story? And Elijah said to, to the woman that what do you have in your house? She said, I have a little jar of oil. Then Elijah said that go and borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow many vessels. How many know that that um, time the increase hadn't come? The oil hadn't started increasing. I mean, if you have this oil, all you have is this amount of oil, nothing but a little jar of oil. And you go to the man of God, and he says, go and borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow many. How many will borrow a thousand Thousand barrels and thousand jars, or you go for bottles like this. You see, we read the Bible, but sometimes we don't visualize the Bible to see exactly what it is. Most of us, our expectation, we cannot see how this can fill 1,000 barrels of oil from this. We can't see it. So we'll bring, bring, bring that one. We'll bring this one. Bring that one. We'll bring that one. We'll gather things like this. <laughs> they look very feasible that something can happen, you know. But assuming you were owing or your, your husband was owing uh, maybe 200,000 pounds worth of debt. And you are bringing this. What can this do? Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes, you see, we Christians, we say we have faith, but the truth is we don't really have faith. We don't have faith. Because our faith is so small. 
I can bet you, I can bet you, if you drive through the churches in the city, majority of them, their room is this big. Hello? How many know what I'm talking about? Like the prayer room. Majority of the churches, like the prayer room, where they are praying, God increase us. God increase us. What is the size of the prayer room compared to the size of the city? And then you see 20 chairs, 30 chairs, maximum 40 chairs. Increase us, increase us. That's our faith. That's where it ends. It's like gathering this and Lord, fail. The day 25 people will come to this service, it looks very full. Immediately you begin to feel that the Lord has You know, the other day I was listening to the radio and a, a, a team was going to play, another team. And the commentator said, they, that team has the least crowd of football supporters. They are only 5,560. And immediately, <laughs> I, you know, what you do, I transposed it into the church. And if God to give us 5,560 people, where are we going to put them? Where are we going to put them? I kid you not. I don't think there's any church in Leeds that has more than 800 to 1,000 people on a Sunday sitting. There's no church like that in this city. Is it that God is not God over this city? Is it that we don't have men of God in this city. The problem is our, our tent is too small. So according to your tent, that is what God gives you. Our visions are very small. So when God blesses you and you get like 100 people, you now feel that you have arrived. You are, if you look around the other churches, it's like, hey, we are the, the biggest around. We are, you are a man of God. What is 100 people over the entire, the population of Leeds is roughly a million and a, a 1.2 million people. Roughly 1.2 million people. We don't even have a tent. If you put all the churches together, not even a tent. All the churches put together don't have a tent. 
because we are very, very small in our thinking. Very small. Our expectations are very, very small. We don't expect more than anything. That's why I, I am, I'm preaching this message. I think I've preached it before. I'm preaching it again. That You see, the greatest prison you have is your mind. Your mind is stronger than faith. Today I'm preaching to your mind. Your mind is smaller than faith. Because after you've had all the faith and you've prayed all the prayer, it comes within the context of your mindset. If your mindset is small, so you see, God has blessed the jar of oil. The man of God has prayed over it. He's ready to pour. And the jar will not fail, will not finish until each vessel in the room is finished. So if we bring two jars plus this one, two jars plus this, what's going to happen? This will be filled. And what's going to happen? It will stop. That is why the man of God said, I borrow not a few. Because it has to do with your thinking. It has to do with your mindset. See, most of us, we are wired into austerity. Now, let me preach against your thinking. Do you know that the majority of us were brought up into thinking poor? Are you with me? We are brought them to thinking poor. That's why we have a user mentality rather than a builder mentality. We use everything because if you don't use it, it will finish or somebody will come and collect it. So you get more, use it more. You are not thinking of building something for others to come and buy because we are not wired that way. How many know that everybody has something that's unique to them? Everyone in this room, God has given you something that only you have. Nobody can copy your fingerprint. Nobody. Even if you are twins, nobody can copy the fingerprint. You are unique. You have something that nobody else has. But our minds, the way we're brought up, you know, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's the parents and the grand, great-grandparents and the grandparents and the culture and everything has made us think small within a confined space. But I am praying that by the word of God, our mindset will break. We'll break the fallow ground. We'll break and enlarge our coast. You see, Jabez prayed that prayer and said, Lord, enlarge my coast. Enlarge my tent. Because my mother gave me a name, Jabez, which means pain and suffering. And I've always been small in my mind. I've always been thinking small. I've always done things small. So now, if I have to do something, if I have to be a blessing, then I need my coast enlarged. I need my coach enlarging. 
My cost has to be enlarging. My mindset has to be enlarging. Yeah. You know, I, I, was, just, I was just showing Pastor Sam, I think Beulah, um, a church. They are live weekday service. In fact, it's not a service. It's, uh, they are doing fasting, fasting, 14-day uh, uh, fast, and they are meeting every day. And not less than 7,000 people are gathered there. And it's just a prayer meeting. It's not a church service. It's like, I don't know whether you thought that way or, or you thought that. I don't know who, but you, it's, like, it's like, can this happen? Because our minds have not been. But do you know how many thousands of people are just sitting there doing nothing? Do you know that if uh, Leeds was playing a football match, give me the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the most unserious match. Leeds and Vans, they are playing maybe a curling cup or something cup that is really not. You will see that the whole place will be full. Over 23,000 people will gather. How can we not gather the same amount of people on that same night for God? It is not the fault of God. It's the fault of those who represent God. Our minds are so small. Our thinking is so small. We think we are irrelevant. You know, number 33. Put number 33 on. My time is up. I'm, I'm closing. Numbers 13, so 13 verse 33. Numbers 13, that's when uh, Moses sent the guys to go and spy the land. Minus, uh, Numbers 13 verse 33. He says that there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So were we in their sight. So in, we saw ourselves like grasshoppers. And guess what? They also saw us as grasshoppers. In Proverbs 23, 7, the Bible says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You think small, you are small. Amen. How many have come to church? As you're on your way from the house to church, you are like, today, if I don't go early, by the time I come, there won't be any chair to sit on. I'll stand outside. How many have ever thought that way before? Exactly. That's my point. I think I've finished my message. I can sit down. I think I've finished preaching. What do you think? None of us coming to church, think that, hey, today I won't have a chair to sit on. Because our expectations are so small. Our thinking is so small. We say we believe in God, but you see, your belief and your faith passes through your tent, which is between your ears. And your tent is what makes 
the results, what it is. You see, if this lady had had gone out to borrow big barrels, big tanks, thousands of them, guess what? All of them will be filled. If this lady had borrowed these vessels, they will be filled. Does that make God a liar? Does that make the man of God with what he said a lie? That's all you brought. So that's all that was filled. So the advice the man of God gave us, don't borrow a few, borrow many. But guess what? That advice is also subject to our thinking. What is many in your eyes? Many can be many bottles. Get 15 more of this. It's many. I, I, I see, I'm saying, I'm preaching a very, very powerful and very important message. See, from today, when you are praying, remember this picture. I don't care what it is you are praying about, but remember this picture. Because whatever God is going to bring, it will pass through your thinking. So what's in, in your tent? Don't forget this verse. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. You who did not give birth, break forth into singing. For many shall be the children of the barren than the married wife. Then he said, enlarge your place of tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Don't spare. Don't bring these small, small things. Don't bring these small, small things. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Hallelujah. Can you see yourself pastoring thousand people? Can you see yourself leading a choir of 400 people? Carol Sambalat in... Um, uh, what's the name of the church? Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir leads a choir of 200 people. Is it 200 or 400 people? That's the choir alone, 400 people. And she's a choir director of 400 people. You get 14 people there, you become arrogant. <laughs> Immediately, nobody can talk to you anymore because it's far beyond your expectation. It's like, hey, my, check, my choir is now very full. The choir is 30 people. Hey, nobody can talk to you anymore. See how small thinking is. We not have 40, 50 man choir. Why not? And it's all in our thinking. See, I can tell you, we can be here for 10 years. 
20 years, 15 years, and the choir will not grow more than 20 people. Not because God doesn't want to give us a big choir, but because we don't want any more than 20. I remember the first time we went to a church, uh, we went to start a church in, I think it was um, Birmingham. There was a church that we, it was, we were in a school. And there was a church that used to meet three classroom doors away from where we, meet, we were meeting. That church had been there for 18 years. More than, how many were they? Yeah. There were about five or six. The man, his wife, and I think either the man. I kid you not. They had been there for 18 years. Yes. In Birmingham. Then they always, every Sunday, they are there. Not more than five or six of, of them. Every Sunday, they are coming. Every Sunday. Then they start to make certain uh, confessions. It's not quantity, it's quality. If all of us. <laughs> 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 you know, God is looking at the heart. Only pure people who come to this church because we are, look at somebody talking. <laughs> yeah. Is it that God is, doesn't answer their prayer? No, but they themselves, they don't have any bigger expectation than what they have. Are you getting it? They don't have any. You know, from today, expect. And you see, when you expect, the way you walk is different. An expectant mother doesn't walk like a mother who is not expecting. Are you with me? Expecting mother has a way of walking. Because they are expecting. They don't do certain things. They don't run around. They slow down. They do different things. They do things differently. Why? Because they are expecting. We have to start doing things differently because we are expecting. Hallelujah. I am believing God to have 13 choirs in this church. 13 different choirs. What does it mean? You will be leading a choir one of these days. <laughs> Me? Immediately, you see, your, your, your mind is just... Killing the, killing the vision, killing the vision, killing the vision, killing the vision. Oh, let's go and pray for 13 choirs. Let's go and pray for them. But your mind is closed. Yeah. I don't see why we can't have 400 people singing. Do you think this church is stopping in this, in this room, this house? No, 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 no. It's not stopping here. Here's going to be a branch. Are you getting it? Just remember what I'm saying. It's going to be a branch. <gasps> see? <laughs> you see your thinking. <gasps> if we give this church to another church, they will say, the Lord has descended. The victory of the cathedral has come. No. No. I said no. It's not for us. It's not for us. Amen. My mind doesn't stop here. 
In, 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 let's close with Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My strength is not of my own. It's the, the strength of Christ in me. You know, one day, my pastor called me, and he said something. I don't know whether it was a question, it was, it was a test or, or not. But he said that, he called, there were two of us. He said to me, you, can you pastor this church? The church he was pointing to, at the time, was sitting by a thousand. You can you pastor, pastor this church? Then the guy said no. Then he asked me, You can you pastor this? I said, Yes, I can pastor the church. Are you sure you can pastor? I said, Yes. He didn't say anything. Then we drove off. We were driving a car and he asked me a question. Can you pastor this church? I said yes. The other guy said no. You know, as as I was just preaching now. I just remember that question that the pastor asked. Can you pastor this church? Do you see yourself pastoring 5,000, 6,000 people? Can you do that? Do you see yourself leading a certain number of people? Pantiagi, do you see yourself being the leader of the movement of the Adult women, women over 60 years. There are 500 of them. You are their pastor. Hey, me, I'm tired. I'm no, you are not tired. God will energize you to do it. I'm trying to get your, you to expand the thing that between your ears. Let it go higher. Let it go bigger. Let it go bigger. Rise to your feet. Let's go home. Begin. Amen. Can I give an instruction? Every meeting that is going to be had in this church, whether it's choir rehearsal, whether it be impact meeting, whether it be children's meeting, whether it be two or three gathered women's meeting, uh, whatever it is, at least Two minutes, three minutes. Pray for the increase of the church before you start. Is that a good instruction? It doesn't matter what meeting. you can, Whatever committee meeting you are having. To maybe a bread and tea committee meeting. Whatever it is. I don't care what it is. Spend at least two, three, five minutes. Praying for the increase of the church before you start. You meet in the house. To have a chat, to have a lunch, pray for the increase. Five minutes, two minutes before you start eating. The girls sleep over. Pray for the church before you do anything else. Is that a good, good instruction? We are going to pray this prayer the whole year. Amen. Amen. Because some people are praying. And their prayer is not positive. Are you getting it? Some people are praying, and their prayer is not positive. I know what I'm, what I'm saying to you, 
And I know what I've seen. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to preach a message today that I have preached before, but it's an instruction from God to preach it again. So I'm going to preach it again. Amen. And I'm preaching it again because of what I believe the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 1 to 4. Single barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not, lengthen your cord. Strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand. Somebody say, for you shall expand. Or say it like you mean, say, for I shall expand. Say it like you mean, for I shall expand. To the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate city inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will not be forgot. You will not be ashamed. You for you forget the shame of your youth, and you will remember the reproach of your widowhood. No more anymore. Amen. Preparing for the increase. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If overnight you became the prime minister of England, what do you think will happen to you and to England? Sorry. Let, let me add it up. Hmm? You don't know. But okay, knowing you, what do you think will happen? Sorry? I didn't hear you. Saying something. Okay, let me flip it. Assuming that you go home, then all of a sudden, Sunday morning you come and the Spirit of the Lord just commands that you, Abigail, from today be the pastor, the senior pastor of CICC. What do you think will happen to you, first of all? And then secondly, to the church. For uh, the question goes to everybody. I just picked on Abigail because she was thinking aloud. I could hear her thinking. That's why I called her. The problem we have 
as people of God, as individuals, is that we don't prepare for God's blessings. We pray for blessings. But you see, the measure of our faith and our own beliefs, even in ourselves, and in our, what we can and cannot do, limits the blessings we are expecting. Am I making sense? So, oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, bless me. What type of blessing are we talking about? What type of blessing have you prepared for? So, you see, as soon as I extended it past your little control, immediately you started seeing yourself as minority. You started seeing yourself as inadequate. You started seeing yourself as what you cannot do. You started seeing yourself as what my people might think and people may say. Instead of what I would do. And that is because you don't believe in your own self. Hello. You know, we can have faith in everybody but ourselves. It's easy to have faith in somebody. It's easy to believe that somebody can do it. It's easy to think that somebody is something. But when it comes to you, yourself, you know yourself more than anybody knows you. How do you know that you know, you know yourself? And if we are voting, you won't vote for you. Hello? Is it me alone? If we are to vote for a pastor in this church, I doubt whether I'll vote for myself. Amen. How wide you, your, you extend your faith is how much God fears it. Are you with me? How wide you extend your faith is how much God fills it. That is why he's saying that sink, O barren woman. How many know that a barren woman has been barren for long? That's why she's a barren woman. Because if you are around 20-something, 30-something, you are not barren. You haven't tried it for long. But when you are in your 50s, in your 60s, and all these years, you haven't had any child. Then you are indeed barren. Are you with me? And this is what he's saying to the barren woman. Sing, oh barren woman. Sing because what, what do you do when you sing? What will make you sing? You sing when you're happy, isn't it? You don't sing when you are sad. Sing Oh, barren. Means happy yourself. Barren woman. Break forth into singing. You know, if you just walked into a place and then all of a sudden they give you a check for one million, you break out into something. I think you break out into singing. And you will cry aloud, you will dance, you will shout, you will do something out of the ordinary. Are you with me? 
Because of the, enorm uh, the enormous nature of the blessing that you ain't expecting, which you have just suddenly received, you break out into singing. You break out into a song, a dance. You will do something that you don't normally do. You'll be praising God. You will cry aloud. Isn't it? You will cry aloud. Because of the blessing. But how many know that for you to receive the blessing, you must prepare yourself for the blessing before it comes? <laughs> Are you getting it? Enlarge. So it says that the blessing is coming. But here's what you need to do. Enlarge the place of your tent. We all have tents. I said we all have tents. Point to your tent. Everybody point to your tent. You don't know where your tent is. Your tent is between your ears. Your tent. The brain. Enlarge it. Do you know the greatest prison anybody can put you in is the prison of your mind. Are you, are you getting it? So there are some people, they've been told from the day they were very small that you are not nice. You are not nice. You are not beautiful. You are not beautiful. Nobody will marry you. Nobody will like you. Nobody will like you. And they have grown with that tent in their mind, in their lives. So if Prince Charming, some very extraordinarily handsome man, extraordinarily blessed, gifted, prosperous man comes and says that, oh, you are the most beautiful person I've seen in my life. I want to marry immediately. What do you want? It can't be. It could not be. Me? No. Because you have not strengthened and enlarged your tent. So you see, when, let's assume the man convinces you and marries you. As soon as they bring you to the palace, now you are Mrs. Prinkinson. When you, you, you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at the place you are living, I don't fit here. So immediately you become insecure. So when a man is on the phone, who is he talking to? Who is coming to replace me? You, you see a maid servant passing, hey, are they replacing me? Are they coming for me? Why? Because you haven't strengthened your stake. Your stake is not solid. It's, it's not on, it, the pillar is not grounded in, grounded well. Anybody who leans on it, it will break. Because you haven't strengthened the stake. Because one, you're not prepared for that place. Two, you ain't expecting it. I, I, are you getting it? You never thought it could happen to you. Our problem as individuals is our thinking. Our problem as a church 
It's our thinking. You know, we are not expecting a sudden increase. Do you know that? As a church, we are not expecting a sudden increase. We pray for a sudden increase, but we really are not expecting it. Because we haven't prepared for it. We pray for an enlargement all over the place. But the truth of the matter is, we haven't really started preparing for it. That's why I asked the question. In case Abigail, you are supposed to be, in case one day we come, Abigail from today, pastor the church. Immediately, the church will not be like the same church. How, how many can see that? I'm not talking about I'm talking about you. If they put you suddenly in charge, you see that the, 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 the niceness of the church will change. Because you, you may end up shouting at people. Hey, hey. You see, if you put if you see anybody in any position that they have not been prepared for and they have not been trained for, you see them very, very agitated and easily provoked and, you know, you see them always angry, always shouting. That person is not really cut for that position. The position is bigger than them. Today, I want to prepare you for the blessings of God. As a church, I want to prepare us for the blessings of God that God is bringing. And the first way we need to, we need is our tent to be strengthened, to enlarge, to be enlarged. Yes, you are leading praise and worship. That's all you've done up to now. But see yourself as the pastor of the church. Not for arrogance. Are you with me? Not for backsliding. No, but so that in case it, the blessing comes, you are ready. Are, are you getting it? Because see, when promotion comes, Every part of the body goes up. Do you know that? If I stand on the chair, it's not only the head that has gone up. The legs have gone up. The shoulder has gone up. The eyes everywhere. Everything has gone up. So if the increase comes, you have to go up. If you are the shoulder, you have to go higher. Have you seen yourself higher? Or would you keep at that same level, thereby pulling the head back down. I wish I had somebody to stand on the chair and then somebody else to push, try and pull them down and see what will happen. They will come crashing down. Why? Because those at the bottom are not ready for the increase. The head may be ready for the increase, the shoulders may be ready for the increase, but when they from the waist down, they are not ready, they pull everybody down. Hallelujah. And that is what happens in a lot of churches. Oh Lord, bless us. Oh Lord, increase us. Oh Lord, bless us. Oh Lord, increase us. And then God starts bringing the increase. We don't know what to do with it. Then we start misbehaving. We start doing, I don't like you. I don't know this person. I don't like the, I only like Sarah because I know Sarah. I only like this person because I know. So who are these new people who have come? They're always in our space, always trying. When we're trying to have our little meeting, they don't come in. Who are these? Go away. Or when you see them, you go quiet. 
I don't, I don't feel comfortable around strange people. You know, we, we like our space. We like the people we are used to. What you don't realize is that you are pulling the church down. Because you pray for the increase, but you are not prepared. Your mind was not enlarged enough. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? You know, one day, one day, I was pastoring a church one day, and then another church was somewhere, and then they just closed that church down and moved that whole church into my church. Are you getting it? So, like, from one day, my church was this size. The next day, it was like that size. I saw a similar thing happen in a vision recently. And that worried me. Because back then, I had an army prepared and ready, waiting. Are you getting it? When I say an army, I had a group of people who had been trained and they were ready. So there was not one person missing. You know when you bring somebody, a group from somewhere to come and add, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of people will fall away. But people had been trained. Their minds, they were expecting 1,000 people in the church. That's the song we used to sing. 1,000, 1,000. So the group of, I don't know how many people they were, but they coming to add was just a, a little flash in the ocean of our expectation. Am I making sense? So it did not disturb what we were doing. But I, the same vision I had, I was like, immediately I got worried. Then I started to think. What's going to happen to this person? What's going to happen to this group? What's going to happen to this group? Because I, I felt that we are not prepared. Are uh, you getting I felt we are not prepared. And I heard the Lord saying that I am bringing the increase. You can either get the increase going or repel the increase. Do you know the story in 1 uh, Kings, 2 uh, Kings 4? The woman whose uh, husband had died and had, uh, what do you call it, debts and went to Elijah. Do you remember that story? And Elijah said to, to the woman, that what do you have in your house? She said, I have a little jar of oil. Then Elijah said that go and borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow many vessels. How many know that that um, time, the increase hadn't come? The oil hadn't started increasing. I mean, if you have this oil, all you have is this amount of oil, nothing but a little jar of oil. And you go to the man of God, and he says, go and borrow vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow many. How many will borrow a thousand thousand barrels and thousand jars or you go for bottles like this. 
You see, we read the Bible, but sometimes we don't visualize the Bible to see exactly what it is. Most of us, our expectation, we cannot see how this can fill 1,000 barrels of oil from this. We can't see it. So we'll bring, bring, bring that one. We'll bring this one. Bring that one. We'll bring that one. We'll gather things like this. <laughs> they look very feasible that something can happen, you know. But assuming you were owing or your, your husband was owing uh, maybe 200,000 pounds worth of debt. And you are bringing this. What can this do? Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes, you see, we Christians, we say we have faith, but the truth is we don't really have faith. We don't have faith. Because our faith is so small. I can bet you, I can bet you, if you drive through the churches in this city, majority of them, their room is this big. Hello? I mean, know what I'm talking about. Like the prayer room. Majority of the churches, like the prayer room, more they are praying, God increase us. God increase us. What is the size of the prayer room compared to the size of the city? And then you see 20 chairs, 30 chairs, maximum 40 chairs. Increase us, increase us. That's our faith. That's where it ends. It's like gathering this and Lord, fill. The day 25 people will come to this service, it looks very full. Immediately you begin to feel that the Lord has. You know, the other day I was listening to the radio and a, a, a team was going to play another team. And the commentator said they, that team has the least crowd of football supporters. They are only 5,560. And immediately, <laughs> I, you know what you do? I transposed it into my church. And I, if God to give us 5,560 people, where are we going to put them? Where are we going to put them? I kid you not. I don't think there's any church in Leeds that has more than 800 to 1,000 people on a Sunday sitting. There's no church like that in this city. Is it that God is not God over this city? Is it that we don't have men of God in this city? 
The problem is our, our tent is too small. So according to your tent, that is what God gives you. Our visions are very small. So when God blesses you and you get like 100 people, you now feel that you have arrived. You are, if you look around the other churches, it's like, hey, we are the, the biggest around. We are, you are a man of God. What is 100 people over the entire, the population of Leeds is roughly a million and a, a 1.2 million people. Roughly 1.2 million people. We don't even have a tent. If you put all the churches together, not even a tent. All the churches put together don't have a tent. Because we are very, very small in our thinking. Very small. Our expectations are very, very small. We don't expect more than anything. That's why I, I am, I'm preaching this message. I think I've preached it before. I'm preaching it again. That You see, the greatest prison you have is your mind. Your mind is stronger than faith. Today I'm preaching to your mind. Your mind is smaller than faith. Because after you've had all the faith and you've prayed all the prayer, it comes within the context of your mindset. If your mindset is small, so you see, God has blessed the jar of oil. The man of God has prayed over it. He's ready to pour. And the jar will not fail, will not finish until each vessel in the room is finished. So if we bring two jars plus this one, two jars plus this, What's going to happen? This will be filled. And what's going to happen? It will stop. That is why the man of God said, I borrow not a few. Because it has to do with your thinking. It has to do with your mindset. See, most of us, we are wired into austerity. Now, let me preach against your thinking. Do you know that the majority of us were brought up into thinking poor? Are you with me? We were brought up into thinking poor. That's why we have a user mentality rather than a builder mentality. We use everything because if you don't use it, it will be finished or somebody will come and collect it. So we get more, use it more. We are not thinking of building something for others to come and buy. Because we are not wired that way. But how many know that everybody has something that's unique to them? Everyone in this room, God has given you something that only you have. Nobody can copy your 
fingerprint. Nobody. Even if you are twins, nobody can copy the fingerprint. You are unique. You have something that nobody else has. But our minds, the way we're brought up, you know, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's the parents and the great-grandparents and the grandparents and the culture and everything has made us think small within a confined space. But I am praying that by the word of God, our mindset will break. We'll break the fallow ground. We'll break and enlarge our coast. You see, Jabez prayed that prayer and said, Lord, enlarge my coast. Enlarge my tent. Because my mother gave me a name, Jabez, which means pain and suffering. And I've always been small in my mind. I've always been thinking small. I've always done things small. So now, if I have to do something, if I have to be a blessing, then I need my coast enlarged. I need my coach enlarging. My coast has to be enlarging. My mindset has to be enlarging. Yeah. You know, I, I, was, just, I was just showing Pastor Sam, and I think Beulah, um, a church. They are live weekday service. In fact, it's not a service. It's, uh, they are doing fasting, fasting, 14-day uh, uh, fast, and they are meeting every day. And not less than 7,000 people are gathered there. And it's just a prayer meeting. It's not a church service. It's like, I don't know whether you thought that way or, or you thought that. I don't know who, but you, it's, like, it's like, can this happen? Because our minds have not been but do you know how many thousands of people are just sitting there doing nothing? Do you know that if uh, Leeds was playing a football match, give me the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the most unserious match. Leeds and Bansley are playing maybe a curling cup or something cup that is really not. You will see that the whole place will be full. Over 23,000 people will gather. How can we not gather the same amount of people on that same night for God? It is not the fault of God. It's the fault of those who represent God. Our minds are so small. Our thinking is so small. We think we are irrelevant. You know, Numbers 33. Put Numbers 33 on. My time is up. I'm, I'm closing. Now, Numbers 13. So 13 verse 33. Numbers 13, that's when uh, Moses sent the guys to go and spy the land. Minus, uh, Numbers 13 verse 33. He says that there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So were we in their sight. So in, we saw ourselves like grasshoppers. And guess what? They also saw us as grasshoppers. In Proverbs 23, 
7, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You think small, you are small. Amen. How many have come to church? As you're on your way from the house to church, you are like, today, if I don't go early, by the time I come, there won't be any chair to sit on. I'll stand outside. How many have ever thought that way before? Exactly. That's my point. I think I've finished my message. I can sit down. I think I've finished preaching. What do you think? None of us coming to church think that, hey, today I won't have a chair to sit on. Our expectations are so small. Our thinking is so small. We say we believe in God. But you see, your belief and your faith passes through your tent, which is between your ears. And your tent is what makes the results what it is. You see, if this lady had had gone out to borrow big barrels, Big tanks, thousand of them. Guess what? All of them will be filled. If this lady had borrowed these vessels, they will be filled. Does that make God a liar? Does that make the man of God, with what he said, a lie? That's all you brought. So that's all that was filled. So the advice the man of God gave us, don't borrow a few, borrow many. But guess what? That advice is also subject to our thinking. What is many in your eyes? Many can be many bottles. Get 15 more of this. It's many. I, I, I see, I'm saying, I'm preaching a very, very powerful and very important message. See, from today, when you are praying, remember this picture. I don't care what it is you are praying about, but remember this picture. Because whatever God is going to bring, it will pass through your thinking. So what's in, in your tent? Don't forget this verse. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. You who did not give birth, break forth into singing. For many shall be the children of the barren than the married wife. Then he said, enlarge your place of tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare don't spare. Don't bring these small, small things. Don't bring these small, small things. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Hallelujah. Can you see yourself pastoring 1,000 people? Can you see yourself leading a choir of 400 people? 
Carol Sambalat in, um, uh, what's the name of the church? Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir leads a choir of 200 people. Is it 200 or 400 people? That's the choir alone, 400 people. She's a choir director of 400 people. You get 14 people there, you become arrogant. <laughs> Immediately, nobody can talk to you anymore because it's far beyond your expectation. It's like, hey, my, check, my choir is now very full. The choir is 30 people. Hey, nobody can talk to you anymore. See how small not have 40, 50 man choir. Why not? And it's all in our thinking. See, I can tell you we can be here for 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, and the choir will not grow more than 20 people. Not because God doesn't want to give us a big choir, but because we don't want any more than 20. I remember the first time we went to a church, uh, we went to start a church in, I think it was um, Birmingham. There was a church that we was we were in a school, and there was a church that used to meet three classroom doors away from where we, meet, we were meeting. That church had been there for eighteen years. More than how many were they? Yeah. There about five or six. The man, his wife, and I think either the mother. I kid you not. They had been there for 18 years. Yes. In Birmingham. Then they always, every Sunday, they are there. Not more than five or six of, of them. Every Sunday, they are coming. Every Sunday. Then they start to make certain uh, confessions. It's not quantity, it's quality. If all of us, <laughs> you know, God is looking at the heart. Only pure people will come to this church because we are, look at somebody talking. <laughs> yeah. Is it that God is, doesn't answer their prayer? No, but they themselves, they don't have any bigger expectation than what they have. Are you getting it? They don't have any. You know, from today, expect. And you see, when you expect, the way you walk is different. An expectant mother doesn't walk like a mother who is not expecting. Are you with me? Expecting mother has a way of walking. Because they are expecting. They don't do certain things. They don't run around. They slow down. They do different things. They do things differently. Why? Because they are expecting. We have to start doing things differently because we are expecting. Hallelujah. I am believing God to have 13 choirs in this church. 13 different choirs. What does it mean? You will be leading a choir one of these days. <laughs> Me? Immediately, you see, your, your, your mind is just... 
killing the killing the vision, killing the vision, killing the vision, killing the vision. Oh, let's go and pray for 13 choirs. Let's go and pray for them, but your mind is closed. Yeah. I don't see why we can't have 400 people singing. Do you think this church is stopping in this in this room, this house? No, 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 no. It's not stopping here. Here's going to be a branch. Are you getting it? Just remember what I'm saying. It's going to be a branch. <gasps> see? <laughs> you see your thinking. <gasps> if we give this church to another church, they will say, the Lord has descended. The victory of the cathedral has come. No. No. I said no. It's not for us. It's not for us. Amen. My mind doesn't stop there. In, 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 let's close with Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My strength is not of my own. It's the, the strength of Christ in me. Yeah. You know, one day, my pastor called me and he said something. I don't know whether it was a question it was, it was a test or, or not. But he said that he called, there were two of us. He said to me, you, can you pastor this church? The church he was pointing to at the time was sitting by a thousand. You, can you pastor, pastor this church? Then the guy said, no. Then he asked me, you, can you pastor this church? I said, yes, I can pastor the church. Are you sure? Campus. I said yes. He didn't say anything. Then we drove off. We were driving a car and he asked me a question. Can you pastor this church? I said yes. The other guy said no. You know, as, as I was just preaching now, I just remembered that question that the pastor asked me. Can you pastor this church? Do you see yourself pastoring 5,000, 6,000 people. Can you do that? Do you see yourself leading a certain number of people? Antiagi, do you see yourself being the leader of the movement of the adult women? Women over 60 years. There are 500 of them. You are their pastor. Hey, me, I'm tired. I'm no, you are not tired. God will energize you to do it. I'm trying to get your, you to expand the thing that between your ears. Let it go higher. Let it go bigger. Let it go bigger. Rise to your feet. Let's go home.